lot is going on on the domestic front and especially when it comes to violence and just the pains that people feel intimately in the relationship as an outsider is it your job to step in and try to bring sanity into those kind of relationships what can you do as a person outside looking in seeing the destruction seeing the disadvantage seeing the traumas seeing somebody losing their life is it your place to say something or is it just your place to sit back and not do anything today let's break it down and see what we can do to help people in such situations i am your host beatrice and welcome to the think talker today is our 15th episode and i'm very excited to be here today as always i want to take time out to thank you very much for all you do thank you for sharing thank you for listening i do this because of you and i don't take it for granted don't take the love, the support, the sharing, using your data to, you know, listen some, um, listen to something from the internet. It takes great love and courage to do that. Thank you so much for sharing. We are doing amazingly well. Um, and funnily, we are doing amazingly well on other platforms, even way better than what we are doing on Anchor. But Anchor is still remains the primary source of our of our podcast so a lot of people are asking me how can i access the podcast the sure way to access the podcast is to download an easy app which is called anchor and then sign in and just search for the thing talker or triple t and you will see me in an orange jacket and that's it then you can click and listen to all of the episodes if you are allowed or if you have time to do so thank you again so today's shout out is going out to somebody um, i call her my virtual friend because i think i've only seen her once but we keep a close relationship on whatsapp and she's a very sweet nice person she's very supportive in this podcast she always shares she always recommends it and you know she's my virtual friend and it was surprise her to know that i still save her name as something facebook as if i met her on facebook so i have to remind myself that this is a person that you met on facebook so today's shout out is going to um, an elegant entrepreneur she's a, she's into fashion and she does clothes which i will describe to be simple elegance she does gowns long and short she does embroidery she has a set of you know tailors that does her stuff for her this person is no less a person than haja seran pangura she owns she's the ceo of sns fashion and she's doing amazingly well you can save her number which is 0782260850 0782260850 and usually she posts what she has you know ready made on her status so you can patronize her she does really good things I recommend people that I have tried. <laughs> Thank you so much, Haja. Um, I appreciate your love, your support. Thank you so very much. So today, like we started a podcast, I want us to speak about um, how people that are outside of a relationship can help people that are in a domestic violence kind of situation. I want to first of all start by saying that um, we have been conditioned as a people, as a nation, just traditionally and the place that we find ourselves that you don't have the rights, the moral rights to go and speak to a relationship such that you give that person the thought to leave that relationship. There is a sin connotation behind it. There is a traditional um, no-no connotation around it. But 
today I want us to look at it from a different route and try to put life before religion, life before tradition, life before any social or cultural things that we have learned as we are, as we are growing up. So first of all, um, I realize that um, some people are in abusive relationships and not knowing that they are in abusive relationships. Last week we spoke about this and this is just a part two to what we spoke about last week. Some people are in this kind of situations and they don't know that they're in this kind of, they're in, they're suffering from domestic violence simply because maybe they grew up like that. They saw their parents doing that and their parents living through that. They think it's okay. Or maybe they don't have experience of what true love is. Again, I want to remind you that all we are talking about here is intimate relationship kind of violence, meaning either a husband and a wife or people that are staying together having an intimate relationship. So people sometimes don't realize that they are being abused. So I want to take a little time to just speak to that, how you will realize that you are being abused. So what I have done is to um, separate abuse into two. It can be physical it can be emotional. So if you are in a relationship where somebody hits you, somebody slaps you, somebody chokes you, somebody rapes you, rape fall into two categories actually, and they inflict some physical pain on your body, you are in a relationship that is physically abusive. Two, mental or emotional abuse. If somebody uses uh, mental manipulations, to make you question your sanity, your reality. Let's say, for example, somebody, um, you know, the night is falling and they open the window and then they come back to you and like they are like, how can you be so dumb not to close the window? You know you're supposed to look at all of the windows before going to bed. When they knew they are the ones that did it anyway, but they want to put you in a position where you are always like on your toes trying to please. So if you feel like your voice is not being heard in a relationship, if you feel like somebody is manipulating you in a relationship, if you feel like somebody is withholding things that are supposed to be mutual in a relationship, for example, sex, for example, money, they are using it as a tool to get you to conform. They are controlling. They don't want you to have friends. They want to isolate you. They tell you who to talk to, who not to talk to. You know, they micromanage you to a, a, a point that you don't have your life. Like your life is literally in somebody else's hands. You are being emotionally abused. A lot of people don't know this. Well, again, I will blame it on the fact that some people have grown seeing that. Some people have this narrative that if you are married, you are supposed to be on a leash. You are supposed not to speak. You are supposed not to have your own life. Like everything should revolve around this person that they have given the crown, you know, to be the head of the relationship. This dynamic can differ. It differs from culture to culture. I think in some other cultures, the other gender has that power. But in our society, usually they give that um, position of being in control, of being this and being that, to the man. So if you find yourself in that position, that somebody is literally um, controlling you, manipulating you, says, slanders you, and then turn back to make you feel as if they did the slander because of you. You know, they do something bad and turn around to tell you that it's because you did this, you did that. That is why I did this to you. That is somebody trying to manipulate you, trying to, you know, make you question your reality. 
I'll give you an example of somebody that I know um, that usually just calls me to check in. Like, if my husband does this and this, what does that mean? Is it a good thing? Should I just accept it? I'm like, no, it is bad. She one day told me that the reason why she's um, tapping my brain into the issue is that she does not no longer know what is good in a marriage or what is bad. Because there is a way the husband will put it to her to make her feel as if that is how life is. This is so like she, she will come back to me and like, is this okay? He did this and he did this. Is it okay? I have to say, no, it's not okay. A man cannot say he respects you and bring another woman to your home. It is not okay. There's no excuse for that. There's nothing he will say for you to, you know, but there is a level of manipulation that people will put you under. I used to watch a show, um, I think it's on TLC, on DSTV, that there are these sects in America that, that hold certain principles and they form their own religion. And there is a way they manipulate or, you know, change the mindset of children to the point that parents will give their underage children to the so-called prophets to marry their child just because their brains have been you know manipulated to a point that they no longer know what is true so they need to tap into somebody that has sanity somebody that knows the truth somebody that knows what is you know accepted as a standard for living to tell them that no this is not good this is not correct so the show usually shows people that break away from those sects and then go and see the world and they are like we, we are living in bondage so the same is what happens to people um in relationships that they go through this stuff but because maybe it's their first relationship second relationship they don't get it they don't know what it what it is so they need to tap into somebody else's experience to say is is this okay is this supposed to be happening and then we have a responsibility to be honest with ourselves because at the end of the day you don't want somebody to lose their life lose lose their dreams lose their destiny just because you don't want to tell them the truth so we are going to speak about that but let me get that out of the way to tell you that if you are exper- experiencing this in your relationship somebody's hitting you somebody is choking you somebody is putting you under constant fear somebody is threatening you that if you do this and do that this is what i'm going to do to you you are living your life in perpetual fear you are being abused you are experiencing some sort of domestic violence so let's come back to the issue today of people living outside of the relationship what can we do as a people i am very happy that a lot of awareness is going on in the country people are talking about it is only when we talk about it that people will think differently so let's not shy away from talking about it but talking about it is not enough if we don't put talking into actions so what can we do as a people looking from outside in into somebody that is being domestically abused? So we speak about one thing. How do you even know that this person is going through this? Because they have, there's usually this shame that is attached to domestic violence that people don't want people to know, especially if the person um, carries herself or himself as somebody that is enlightened, somebody that is educated and they feel a, a certain level of shame that I don't want to be the person that will be complaining that, you know, my wife is withholding sex from me or my, my husband is beating me. They keep it as a secret. It's really hard for people to actually express themselves that this is what is going on in my marriage or this is what is going on in my relationship. 
But however, there are pointers that you will look at that will, you will, that will tell you that this person is not okay at all. They are just, you know, keeping up appearances. They are not fine. Something is amiss. So, um, one of the things that uh, uh, um, you will notice from somebody that has been in a, an abusive relationship is the person will their, their, their social interaction or the way they are socially will change. Let's say somebody that was bubbly, that wants to be with friends, that calls, that pick up her phone, that will check on you. That person just changes. They don't want to call. You will invite them to a party. They will not want to show up. You will call them. They will ditch your call and they will not call you back. Like they are just reserved. Socially, they are like zero. That is a pointer that something is amiss because your life did not change. It is your situation that's changed that makes you start to behave the way you're behaving. If your name is Aminata, for example, Aminata did not change. Aminata is the same person that is married, but your situation changed. And then we notice a change in your character. You don't want to go out. You don't answer calls. Like you want to isolate yourself. There's something about you that is not just sociable. So that is number one pointer. However, even when you have this pointer, it is not enough for you to um, have the feeling that this person is being abused. I'm going to give you a list of pointers. And if you notice three of these of this, um, attributes or characters in the person, then you should take action. The person will try to isolate themselves. They don't want to be anywhere. They don't want to talk to somebody. They just want to, you know, be by themselves. Also, you will start noticing if they work. You will start noticing that um, they will miss days from work. They will call in that they're just feeling weak. They are tired. They will be lethargic. They will be in the office. Maybe they will spend time sleeping. Maybe somebody that you have your morning gist when they come into the office. They no longer want to be part of the morning gist. They will sleep in their desk. So you see some sort of withdrawal from that person. There is a change in their behavior. That change in their character. The change in their person. That is one of the signs. Another sign is unexplained injuries. You will see them with bruises, black eye, somebody that usually does not wear glasses to walk. They will just start to wear glasses. You will be in a meeting, you know, in, in, in a room where, you know, you're not supposed to be wearing that glasses. You're wearing them. And this might be a point. This might be a pointer, but it's a bigger pointer if you try to ask them to explain those injuries and they don't have any reasonable or suspicious kind of explanations. Like, for example, somebody would have a black eye and then you say, what happened to you? You have a black eye. And they would, they would be like, oh, I fell. I fell on the stairs. Oh, I hit my face on a wall. It is usually not easy to sustain a black eye by falling or, you know, walking through a door. It is not usually um, something that happens. So when they give you some kind of suspicious explanation about bruises, about, you know, beatings, about cuts on their body, it should be an alert or a sign for you that something is amiss. Something is not right. Something is not going on well. Another pointer is um, when you have like meetings or gatherings where the spouse is or the spouse has to walk in or the spouse is going to be there you find out they are they don't talk to you the way they used to talk to you when the spouse was not there 
so you 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 sense a kind of fear in them a kind of you know intimidation when the spouse um, walks into the room or when the spouse is with them they, they they tread cautiously they don't want to speak loud like their whole dominion will just change that is also a pointer that there is something amiss they are not friends something is wrong in that kind of dynamic because there is some level of fear and control going on with one of the the, the partners another thing is if you try to like um speak to the person and if by adventure they share a little bit of their troubles with you and you hear things like oh but it's my fault when i did this and did this this person was pushed to do this to me now when i say this i want to emphasize on something that nobody no human being has the right to lay a hand on you domestic violence cannot be justified by any means it has no justification no one should lay a hand on you no one should inflict pain on you no one should give you a cut on your body okay i had a story about a nigerian woman who um, killed the husband stabbed the husband to death now she she the the, the pre- preliminary sentence was that she was going for the death penalty they, they were going to hang her however they have uh, um, appealed on the case but i know in my heart of hearts she did not just wake up one day and kill that man something must have must have happened and people might have been looking at the situation and often had a religious kind of you know advice until it comes to a point where she cannot take it anymore so my point being that don't ever think that it is okay when somebody starts to make excuses for the pain that they feel that they cause that pain on themselves be rest assured that they have been manipulated to think that way no human being should think that way let's think about it on a very you know simple or normal level no human being should feel that oh i'm feeling this pain somebody has inflicted this pain on me it is my fault that you inflicted this pain on me that is some high level manipulation that is high level kind of disturbance in your mind you 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 are not in your right senses so when you sense that when you want to speak to people and they tell you that realize that something is not you know something is amiss another factor that we should look at is stress related physical symptoms if the person is perpetually tired perpetually has a headache perpetually has a backache these are all stress induced kind of ailments that you know reflect or manifest themselves in the physical they give you a headache sometimes you have a, 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 a bone in chest you don't your, your food does not digest well these are all things that are you know are magnified or amplified by stress so let's say in a week the person comes to work and three days out of the week they have a headache a terrible headache maybe sometimes they even have to send them home they will eat and they will not digest their food well they feel drowsy they are tired they have pains in their body those are signs that something is not going on right okay so of course we have spoken about the isolation we've spoken about changing personality and energy another thing that we should speak about is low self-esteem now when somebody marries somebody this uh, uh, um, i had a complaint which is actually from a man and for some reason i found it very interesting the man 
feels like he's a man when the woman appreciates him like um tells him thank you for what you're doing for me and the kids but he is saying every time this woman walks into their house the wife she will always say something wrong and she will rain abuses on him that oh you are not doing well you are this you're that. so he is telling me that it has drained his self-esteem so this is another sign somebody that used to be very outspoken somebody that used to take meetings somebody that used to facilitate you know educational programs in your office they no longer just have the confidence to do so because there is something we expect when we get into those kind of relationships that this person should idolize you so when that person you know brings you down when that person belittles you when that person makes you look like nothing it translates to all of your other relationships because your intuition is telling you that this person is supposed to hold me in high esteem high esteem if he's not doing that it means something is wrong with me nobody likes me nobody is seeing value in me nobody thinks i am i'm worth it so it pulls down your self esteem it makes you look down upon yourself so things that you can do things that are you know you can do it from from your sleep they become burdensome you lose your self esteem if you used to go to places and look at people in their face you no longer have that sense to do that you no longer have the ability you feel a, a sense of shame because this person that you expect should you know should hail you should put you on a pedestal does not even put any value on you so it translates to all of your relationships so that's another pointer when somebody that you used to know that is you know bubbly and everything that is very smart it's just you know draining then i just draining like the confidence is draining away from that person it is also a sign for all of us to look at and try to do some of these things that i'm going to highlight so now let's talk about um some of the things that we can do to help somebody that we have noticed all of this if you notice of all of the things that i've stated i think i stated about seven of them if you notice three in one person between a period of one month to six months because again like we said in our first episode sometimes when the change happens people do things but we have agreed last week that we don't judge a person by by what they do the very first time it is when the thing is systematic and continuous that we say you're building a habit and it becomes abuse we say we just like the almighty gives second chance we also want to give people second chance so if you observe somebody between the period of a month to six months and they consistently exhibit this character it is time for us to do something as a people personally i have lost friends that have been in the situation sometimes we we get to know about the issue very late we see it we try to reach out and it's just too late for us to do anything about it and we lost brilliant people to this kind of thing so i think it is time for us to translate the awareness to action okay so these are the, some of the things that i thought about that um you as an outsider looking in into somebody in this kind of situation this is what you can do one reach out until you have a breakthrough this is very critical the reason why i say reach out because we all understand what it means to reach out when somebody is is not being themselves and you are a friend or you are a, a relative or you are an acquaintance or you are a workmate you know something is wrong 
reach out until you get a breakthrough. The reason why I said this is that when people are going through stuff, hmm, they don't want to talk. Like I said, there's some kind of shame around this issue. They don't want to talk. They will ditch your calls. They will not call you back. When you, you, when you get into a, a situation where you are like physically present with each other, they will try to just make an excuse so they can walk away from you. They don't want to talk. It's an emotional issue. It is pain. And usually people don't want to deal with the pain. They want to shove it under the carpet until, you know, it just explodes and they cannot handle it anymore. So the first thing that we should try to do is to reach out until you have a breakthrough. A breakthrough means until you have that sit down talk and assess the person for yourself. Now, people can exhibit some of these issues based on maybe a, a, a medical condition, based on maybe they suffer a loss, okay? But you have to reach out because they still are signs. It's just like if you have malaria typhoid, they have similar um, symptoms. But until you try to, you know, diagnose, you will not know if it's malaria or if it's typhoid. So this is the point. The point is, make sure that even if they have told you stories, make sure that you reach out until you have a breakthrough. They will refuse your call, try and call again. I have had this experience. One time I was going through stuff in my life and uh, my friends were calling me. I was not picking their calls. If they call and per adventure with a different number, I pick their call and I'll be like, no, 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 let me call you back. I'm in a meeting. I'll always make excuses. Guess what they did? They did an intervention and just came to my house. And they were like, okay, you are busy. We know you are busy. Now we are here. Let's talk. So that is the kind of friendship I'm talking about. It's not that kind of friendship that I say, I will call who calls me. I will text who texts me. That is not a kind of friendship. When you notice that there is something emotionally wrong with the other person, try and reach out. Reach out until you have a breakthrough and have that conversation. And make sure that it is not something that is killing that person. Okay? So that is the first step. The second step is to have when you if you come to realize that it is actually domestic violence that is going on i think the first thing you should do because you will not have them take any decision on that your first call or first visit or first breakthrough what i want you to do as a second step is for you to understand that you don't have to place judgment on them you don't have to be like the abuser to say, ah, all of this is happening to you and you're taking it. No, your job when you have the breakthrough is to listen, empathize and tell them that you have my support. That is what they need. They don't need you to condemn them to say, you as enlightened as you are, you all the degree, you have a master's, you are allowing this person to do all of this to you. Don't you know you're a fine man? There are thousands of women out there wanting you. That is not your place. Your place is to listen, to empathize, to make them feel that I get you. I understand how you feel. I am putting myself in your place and I know you're feeling bad, but I'm here for you. That is what they want to hear at that first stage. Okay? Don't place judgments on them. It is not your place to judge them that, really? You are sitting here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the, the person, it's a man, I'm going to him. I'm going to tell him off that you cannot do this. And do no, that is, nobody wants to be treated that way. If you do that, you are behaving worse than the abuser. 
because the abuser have um, programmed this person to believe that it is their fault that they are, they are suffering. So if you as a friend, a relative or co-worker, you know, uses that approach again to tell them that it's their fault, you, you don't, you're not supposed to be doing this to yourself, you're making things worse. That is not your place. So empathize and make a commitment that I am here for you. I am going to support you. Okay. Number three is to make a plan. If you realize that this kind of situation has no end in sight and you have told the person that you have my support, your first point of call is not to tell them leave. No, they will not leave. There is a codependency happening in abusive relationship that people find it very hard to leave and you will never understand it until you are leaving it. So sometimes if you're single or maybe you have a flourishing marriage, you don't understand why people that stay, stay. But what I will say to you is make an emergency exit plan. If the need be, there should always be an emergency exit plan. So the emergency exit plan could be, I like you. I want to support you. I want to stash some money for you in some place just in case this person beats you to a point that you cannot take it. I will have this kind of money stashed away for you because I want to support you. Make your home available if you have home enough to accommodate them. If you ever think you need a break, you need to breathe, you need to talk, always come to my place. I have an empty room. I'll keep a bed for you. I'll keep warm clothes for you. That is an escape or emergency plan. That person needs that assurance that the day I break, the day I can't take it anymore, where will I fall back? They need that. If the house has keys that sometimes the husband will lock them up, make sure you as a friend, because when somebody is facing problems, now take your hand very close to your eyes. Now take your hands very close to your eyes and try to see the veins in your hand. You will not see until you are far away from your hand that you will know the anatomy of your hand. You can see and then look at the veins. That is the same thing that happens when somebody is in close proximity with the problem. They don't see solution. They don't see anything. It takes somebody with a sane mind, somebody that is not hurt, somebody that knows better to tell them what to do. They are confused. If that's the word that I can use. They are confused to the core. So if it is a key that, for example, um, they have a car and if they want to escape, if the man is beating them, you know, blue, black or threatening to kill them, Tell the person you have to have a key outside of the house somewhere. You have to keep one of your car keys outside of the home. Or if it's a door key, just something that will, if an emergency pops up, that person has something to hold on to. So that is the third step. If you see that all of these steps are fine, but if you find out that this person is about to lose their life, let's say, for example, they receive a beating that they say, um, one of the bones in their face is broken. These steps no longer are yours. Your next point of call as a friend, as a relative, as a, a co-worker, whatever the case may be, is for you to inform the authorities. I, 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 I watch a very sad video on Facebook. I think most of you might have heard about this story about this pastor guy that threatened to kill the wife in front of the wife's brother. This happened two years ago and early or mid this year, he actually killed the lady. And there was no police record that the brother reported that threat. 
it's a sad story. She she has done well for herself. They live in the U.S. I think she was working in a bank. She has a good education. A young woman. And she's dead. So if you feel, if you are convinced that somebody's life is at stake, I want you to quote me anywhere that that is a damn every tradition, damn anything that they have spoken about. Let me inform the necessary authorities to nip whatever is going on at the boat. Like I said, I will have to do an episode about codependency, how people are codependent on trauma people that are in bad relationships traumatically they are attached to that trauma because they love the circle that it goes about you know they hit you they buy you a gift the next day honeymoon phase they hit you some people are attached to that kind of dynamic but one day they will hit you and the flowers you will get are flowers for your funeral nobody is worth dying in the hands of anybody it is not worth it the number one and primary need for every man is to feel safe is to feel alive is to have joy nobody has the right to take away your life so that is like the third step that you will take so if you reach out you know you have your 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 escape plan you you offer your support you set out your escape plan Maybe you are a friend, you've reached out to family and you're in a consensus in all of this. If you find out that this person's life is at risk, please go to the necessary authority. Whether the authority takes, um, you know, action or not, take away that burden from your life. I say, I did everything I could to save this person. Please help me as the authorities. I believe they will do so. Sometimes if you even think the fight is too big and if you go straight, for example, to state um, um, institutions to help you, there are lots of um, private and activist organizations in the country, which I think if you even do a search on Facebook, lots will pop up that if you partner with them, something will happen. Okay? So that's, those are the things I think you should do. So the things that I think you should not do, the things that I think you should not do. A lot of people make this mistake and they go on, they, they make the problem worse. Don't try to be traditionally correct. Don't let somebody in. Don't let somebody let you in into their problems. And all you can tell them is to be traditionally correct. How would you feel? Do you know how many people have died? Because they say, uh, pastor say, or famul say, you know how many people have died? Don't say it as it is. If you see it in a certain way, that as it is, offer your support, make your plan for emergencies and exits, do all of that. But please, don't ever tell somebody that you don't have a way out, you don't have an option. With this one, you are married already, you don't have an option to get out. I beg you in the name of God. That does not have any value in all of the work people are doing to raise awareness about domestic violence. Please. Don't be that person. I know we have been conditioned to be those kind of people, religiously and traditionally. People always say, I will not be the person to come and, you know, put asunder in the, in this marriage. Please, if you cannot make it, don't be the person to, to say, no, stay. Don't be the person to say, don't um, um, have an exit uh, um, plan. Don't be that person. Maybe just walk away and leave it the way it was, okay? Number two is don't bring up stories that will make the situation hopeless. 
this is something I have also experienced. Like you have your troubles and then you say it to somebody and they will not give you one story of hope. All the stories they will give you are stories of damnation, how things ended like. They will just give you stories that will, maybe the stories are the ones that are going to just amplify everything and kill you. So please, when somebody is already suffering in those kind of situations, try to be the light. Don't bring darkness. Don't bring um, stories that don't bring joy. Don't bring grief into the situation. When you are um, trying to cancel them or console them, bring positive stories. Try to think about uh, um, people that have been in such situations that have come out well so that they can build their confidence that it is possible that this is not the end of life. They can make it. That is what they need. The third is, please, don't be the person that is going to fight their battle, physical fight. I have seen people that, you know, when somebody is feeling worse about a situation, they will be like, I will show this person that did this to you. I'm going to fight. Now, let me tell you what this does to the person. Whether it's a man or whether it's a woman. I've seen brothers that go to a husband and then they fight the husband and then they leave their sister there and then they walk away. Now, there is a, a, a circle. The husband will come and apologize. They will buy flowers. They will buy you a gift. That's the honeymoon phase. And then the abuse phase will come. When they start thinking about how your brothers, you know, beat them or insulted them, they will beat you three times as hard. So it is not your place. Your place is not the, the, the abuser. The, your place is to save the person that is on the other side of the spectrum, that is being abused, that needs help, that does not have clarity of mind. That is your place. So don't be that person that will go and rain insults in the house, you know, set some kind of, you know, commotion that will just worsen the situation because at the end of the day, you have to leave. You have not made plans for that person to leave. You are just going to, you know, to ignite more fire or more hurt or more resentment in the other person's heart. Don't be that person. That is not something we should do. So now to the abuser. I always say that anybody that abuses somebody, even when they know the repercussions of um, if if they if they go legally, they know the repercussions that they will spend time in jail, they will you know pay fines, they will be sentenced. They still do it. Sometimes, like we said last week, there is some you know misalignment in their way of thinking. So if you are an abuser, whether it's a woman, whether it's a man, I want you to ask yourself this question. How does this make my spouse feel when I do this? When I shout at her, or when I shout at him, when I insult this person, when I beat this person, when I choke this person, how does this make this person feel? When you answer that question, empathize. Put yourself in that position. That if this person was stronger than me and does this to me, how would I feel? If you answer that question and you realize that the feeling is not good, I think it's time for you to make a change. It's time for you to, you know, turn your back from those those things that you do. The second thing is um, ask yourself. People always say they triggered me, they triggered me. She said this, he said that, and I reacted. Ask yourself this question. If my boss in the office had said this to me, has triggered me this way, would I have lifted my hand against my boss? No. So what this means is that you actually have control over your anger. You actually have control. It is not in your nature to be hitting people. To be hitting people. But what you don't have, 
have no respect for your spouse or you feel the need to instill fear and control over your spouse. That is the reason. If your boss insulted you in the office, your boss shouted at you and you're not angry, but if your spouse does the same thing, you want to beat the dead light out of him or her. So this is the kind of situation. If you ask yourself that question and you know you have the ability to withstand it from your boss, try to inculcate whatever is that thing that holds you back when you're in the office and bring it home. Because at the end of the day, that is what you're called for. The third question that I want abusers to ask themselves is, what is my role in this person's life? Think about it. Somebody left their parents to be with you. Somebody, both sexes, actually leave their parents to be with each other. What is my role in your life? Is my role to, you know, to make you to come to nothing? Is my role to insult you? Is my role to beat you? Answer that question. And you will come to the answer that your role is to love and protect that person. Your role is to be a security, a shield to that person. Are you living up to that role? If the answer is in the negative, don't you think it's time for all of us to change? I hope this makes sense to us and I, it is my wish that um, all of us looking from outside try to take these steps to help people that are struggling. Like I said, they don't see it clearly. Until you give them perspective on it, they cannot take the necessary actions that they need to take. Thank you so very much. Please share this podcast. It might help one person and we might just be on the road to making domestic violence history in this country. Thank you. I have been your host, Beatrice. And guess what? Our thinker, that's our talker. Bye-bye.